Brandt had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of masterwork! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Mane! Over. Hey, welcome back to the BVB podcast. My name's Jake. Joined as always by Carver, uh, coming fresh off the Pokal exit. Uh, yeah, fun, great, awesome. I, how are you? How are you feeling, Carver? How's it going, man? How was your day? It's a fresh wound, and I'm still, I'm still recovering. I'm not feeling great, and I imagine the listeners are feeling about the same right now. How are you? Uh, I just feel so apathetic. Watching this game felt apathetic. Uh, it, it didn't seem to be going well. I feel like there were some decent spurts here and there. Uh, but for the... For the Carver just grimaced. Maybe because I didn't... I also had the game on at, at work and I was like half paying attention. Uh, but I didn't even have a lot of hope like going into this game um, before like just some coworkers and I like... Coworkers and I were talking because I think I saw the result of Frankfurt go out and I'm like, man, this Pokal, like it's it's just shaking out crazy like a bunch of crazy results obviously Bayern um out now Frankfurt out Leipzig uh reigning champions the last two years are out and I told my coworker, I was like he's like who who is the the big ones left still in I was like Lever- Leverkusen uh then you really have Stuttgart and us but we're playing Stuttgart and Stuttgart's probably gonna beat us uh and that's what I said before the match and that's exactly what happened I mean didn't look up for it it's kind of like the last game just not not good not good yeah there's now only three or four teams in the bundesliga and the top flight left in the pokal this year which is crazy uh every team left has either not won the pokal in the last like almost 20 years don't quote me on that or has not won it at all so i mean from a neutral standpoint it's going to be obviously a very exciting rest of the tournament but a very premature ending for our cup run this season very very disappointing and we talked about with other jake um two weeks ago now that this result cannot even be fathomable like it it should just simply not happen um given our recent form in the league and of course we have a good spot here in the champions league but this cup is a the pokal um this is a cup that we can surely have a great shot at getting some silverware this year, not only just because of the uh, competition in the top flight that has been taken out as of late, but um, you know we've hopefully been trying to build on some things that we've been working on past few weeks, and and Leverkusen being a good challenge right before, I think that would hopefully uh, put us in a better mindset, hopefully, and of course too we were hoping to see a different approach from Dortmund in this game overall, and, and Terzic knew this, but we just. You know, we need to come in and win the battle of the midfield and deal with pressure in our buildup much better. I think those are the two, arguably the biggest priorities for this fixture. Uh, of course, again, Terzic was aware of all this. I, I imagine he did his homework, but still a pretty interesting lineup for this one. I mean, again, really emphasizing the physicality and grit with using the midfield diamond of Sabitzer, Chan, and Oz Chan, having an explosive front three, you know, young, quick, skillful, 
and just appreciating the counterattack model. So I can under I can sort of understand what he's going for there. But with those same six players outside of the back line here, um, and Wolf, of course, I, I wanted to almost leave the back line out because it's been pretty consistent. But of course, with you have the injuries lately and uh, the cold running around, you have Wolf starting and he's been he's been uh, very, very disappointing. And some people would say it's pretty on par for how he's been actually. But um, I just wanted to stick with the midfield and attacking front three. You know, you still have the counterattack model, I get that, but there's also some shortcomings with this approach. I mean, for one, there's a complete lack of creativity in the midfield. What I mean by that is having someone that can string together some passes, combine, play out of pressure. There was almost none of that in that midfield three. I mean, Oschan, he's a very smart, but very, I mean, most of the time he's smart, but he's very, very simple passer. He's not someone that takes a lot of risks. You know, it's, he's not like Axel Witzel level when it comes to being safe, but it is similar in the sense where they're going to be horizontal passes, sometimes back passes, looking for the the option that's going to help him, you know, keep possession. Although he did make some runs here going forward this game, and he showed a little bit more of that in attack, but that is his profile. And of course, you have Chan is the number six, a lot of times dropping into the back line, which happened later in this game. And then Sabitzer, who kind of can do a little bit more in attack. He scored some goals from us already, but again, no one like a Brant or a Royce to drive up the team forward and, and again, combine. Reyna, you could obviously throw a name in there for that as well. Um, so the creativity was definitely the first thing that popped out to mind, but also just not having a focal point in attack either. Um, I'm, I'm all for Mukoko trying to get some minutes here, but you have like three of very similar players in that front three, Adeyemi, JBG, and Mukoko. I mean, I think all three of them can complement each other, but at the same time, if if one or two of them are not on their game, it's really hard for the other person to pick those two or one or two other players up, um, given they don't have the strength to hold up the ball, to, to play with their back to goal, to link up play. Just, yeah, interesting lineup. Yeah, and I think you can look at it. I mean, you touched on a lot of things that I might or i'm gonna try to weave in and out of i'll try to yeah that's see fair. if i remember i was trying to write him write him down as i was thinking <laughs> of stuff as you were hitting on it but um i i think the first thing like you see this like no brant no royce who we've been seeing a lot of and i think you can look at it two ways like you see the rotation because we we've been playing every four or five days for for a long time i mean we, there was the international break in there but it's been pretty consistent like every Every few days, we have a match. We don't have a lot of guys. We don't see a lot of rotation. So it makes sense, right? It makes sense to see that rotation um, in the midfield. But at the yeah, at the, the risk of losing the creativity, um, I mean, it, it's a, yeah, that's a hindrance. And I'm, it baffles me that we don't see Reyna, right? Like if, if you need some creativity, but Brant and Royce desperately need a rest, if they can't start this game, then why not give Reina a shot? And I, I think that speaks to, maybe we'll t- touch on it later, but like Terzic's mindset and the players he wants to use and the how he he feels we need to be playing. And I mean, he he's the coach. He gets to make those decisions, but and we only know so much as the 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 fans who only see the matches every weekend. We're not inside training. We're not there uh, in the walls. But it's that just seems crazy, like that we still haven't seen these opportunities. For Reina, and I'm not just saying this as a USA Reina fan. I'm I'm saying this is from built. Right. It builds upon that from like the last few matches, like we haven't seen him at all, uh, to now where there's an opportunity where you probably need some creativity in the midfield. And 
like he yeah he still doesn't get a sniff yeah Reyna would have been a good shout to start in this game and I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but I mean he's created in Stuttgart before it was like two fixtures ago in Stuttgart in the spring when he really bailed us out I can understand Royce getting a rest and you know like you said we're not in training or anything we don't know the extensive information of how fit these players are day in and day out but I mean, Brandt did start at the weekend against Leverkusen, sure, but he also got a rest against Milan a few days before that during the midweek. So, I mean, he got 90 minutes of football, but he also hasn't been starting and playing on 90 consistently for the past few weeks now. He has gotten some rest, um, and he did come on eventually in, at halftime uh, with some other changes to obviously try to have a bit of a different approach because we were not looking good at all, but... And I mean, yeah. that wasn't the answer either, right? Because we see him coming at half and we, we still lose. Right. Like that that wasn't, we. that's when we concede the goals. I'm not putting all that blame on him. I think there's other problems, but I think it's just this, I don't know, mis- mysterious up in the air. Like, I don't, it's just confusion. It's the chain confusion everywhere. Um, and the lack of, I guess, clarity, I guess, like their lack of direction, which we've talked, to, we've been talking about for over a year now. Um, yeah, the, is what's confusing and then yeah the front line i think think with this front line too what with these players specifically is like how how often have they actually played together and then you when you have this midfield that's not that's a a different system trying to link things up you know it's it's just a system that we haven't seen or like these players haven't played a lot together so that just shows me like the lack of experience together How, how can you expect to even get something like jbg's obviously been playing and doing well adiyemi's been playing a little more not starting mokoko's barely been playing at all um so and then again with that midfield that's completely different like how i don't know how why you would expect to get anything um and then the mokoko thing like it's this is a bummer man like him getting a start finally and i get it's probably on rotation because full krug needs a rest um and I, i think this is maybe this is something that people were forget and i or if i'm not misremembering like makoko's had a history of injuries and i i know there's all this like why doesn't makoko get more chances i'm not saying don't start him because he's going to get injured but this is this is a part of it right like when you're just in and out we've seen it with Gio Reyna, like it's hard to get established if like when you get injured then you're just in and out of training you're in and out of uh not form but in and out of fitness like it, right. this is an issue uh to so for all the people who I've always been like, give Makoko more chances. Like it, it just takes time, and especially, especially when you have the injuries over the years. Again, not a reason to never start him. This just like <laughs> amplifies that. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, God, of course, of course, is what happened. Yeah, it really sucks. I really feel for Makoko. I mean, he has been patient, and we've seen in uh, the last week or so with the report saying that he looks like he wants to try to f- stay and fight for his spot come the second half of the season, given you know there is a lot of competition in that spot. I think that shows a lot about his character at the moment, and we you know I talked about him a good amount about that last week, so I don't want to uh, you know reemphasize too much, but yeah, I mean ha- having him come off also less than a half hour in is of course going to throw a wrench in the plan that Terzak had for that model again trying to catch him on the counter with some pace now you only have two players that can do that which I still think it can work I don't think it's that detrimental but still you do have to change things up and Stuttgart were still already coming at us pressuring really well 
I mean, this is something that we've not, or th- this is not exclusive to this game. I mean, this is a problem that we've had for a good amount of this season. And it's been a reoccurring issue of just having little to no structure in our buildup play. Again, not being able to combine and, and, and string together any passes against Leverkusen. We had, let me fact check myself on this. We had 73% of our passes completed, which is pretty darn low. And then, of course, against Stuttgart now, we ended with 80%, but the first half we had less than 80% of our passes completed. And that came from so many long balls, a lot of who, a lot of which were never really aimed at anyone or, you know, the runs were not timed correctly. Everyone was kind of out of sync. Um, sometimes we just got rid of the ball. So players didn't have to have that responsibility of being on the ball. And I think a lot of that, of course, there are some mistakes here and there. And, and um, but there also that a lot of that comes down to coaching too. I mean, solely relying on sitting deep and hitting on the counter two games in a row now and more, plenty of more games this season just in the last month and a half and having no, almost no plan B is, uh, is just really concerning. I mean, there's way too many giveaways, needless giveaways in this game, even though, again, Stuttgart was very aggressive in their press. We just have not had an answer for this for so long now. If, if players want to man mark, we just, we were clueless on the ball. Yeah, and on the... Like the counterattacks, long balls. Like we, we've mentioned that the last couple of games, I felt like just hoofing long balls uh, up and trying to run onto it. And I mean, even the commentators mentioned like, oh, they're doing a lot of long balls and it's not really working. And this again, I'm just going to, maybe I'm just going to be critical of Terzic the whole episode. We'll see how this goes. I'll try not to just be like whining and complaining the whole time. But if if your plan is like, let's set up counterattacking, but then your plan to counterattack is to just kick long balls. That doesn't make sense to me. And when you take out, like we've seen, forget which match, um, AC Milan. I don't remember if it was AC Milan or the, the the match before that. But the where Royce and Brandt linked up for that run, we got the I think full crew goal at the end of it. Um, I think it was Gladbach, possibly that match. But like when also you don't have those players in the midfield to push and create on the counter or like just take it. Like we, we mentioned. Roy specifically in that like took the ball, pushed it forward immediately and then got it up to Brandt who worked it down the field. Like that, that's how you counter, you counter with the plan or you counter with that structure to where, where you know exactly where to pass it to, or you just have the players who are skillful enough to just push it through the midfield. Not just like, let me kick a ball down the field and run onto it. Like that, that does it to me, at least someone who's not a coach and I don't have a coaching license. I'm not working on building up my coaching license like Carver. Shout out to him. Maybe he could speak to it more. But to me, that doesn't seem like a, a good way to counterattack either. Just let's kick the ball and let Adiyemi be fast. Sometimes that can work at my level, which is high school. I mean, <laughs> that's not a bad shout then if you've got the quality up top. I mean, how is Makoko? Could Makoko and JBG still be in high school maybe? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, Dortmund, they rank... I think this is fifth according to FB ref and attempted long balls. Um, I don't know if I, I can't find per 90 on here, but just in general, I mean, this is again, this is just something we've been doing all season now, hoofing it forward, having little to no structure on our buildup. Um, it's just, it was really painful to watch, really painful to watch. And we really only looked purposeful when we had the ball, whenever we were a goal down and, you know, minutes to play here, what maybe, maybe 25 left here. And, and that came from like, God knows why, but like Hummels or Schlotterbeck pushing up that seemed like miles up the field to try to find something. Um, you know, having like Schlotterbeck come down the left-hand wing, 
or Hummel's just kind of driving through the middle, dribbling past people, trying to find a ball over the top or to ping one out uh, wide to stretch the pitch. One of those two, but that just shouldn't be the case because it, it, it goes without saying, but the second you lose possession, it's just a clear path to goal, which is what happened, you know, inviting Gerasi players like Gerasi, but not exclusively him, just Stuttgart in general to just find those so simple passes in and punish us. What seemed like all game, but definitely that second half too. I mean, Koble again was dancing on his head. So many saves this game, and 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 just completely building bailing us out. I mean, I, I had a tweet earlier when the he made I forget what say what minute it was when he made the save, but the club tweeted like Koble says no, and I said Koble says fucking help him, like help him. <laughs> He's sitting back there and has and is just dancing on his head. He's trying to one v eleven the entire team. It's ridiculous. There's only yeah. There's only so much you can do so many times you can make the big saves and yeah none of it is his fault he had f- uh, five saves in that match um and i think I at know, least that, two that, of them that, were one-on-ones you know, that's a lot like that's a lot in a match when you, i want i want to i wonder what like his actual how many he's had on the season so far it would be interesting to look up i would check could pull up pretty quickly but yeah it's just i don't know and, and like you said like we do see this when you look at I know when we talked to Jake from 50 plus donor a couple weeks ago, like he's like, it's not that bad, like as a neutral. So if you don't know who he is, um, we, a couple weeks ago, he joined us on an episode. He's more of a, he did like neutral Bundesliga. He's a fan of, of one team, but he, he says he's more neutral and does like a neutral Bundesliga show on Twitch, which is really cool. But, and I get it. Like that was an episode where we're kind of like complaining and looking at all the, the negative, negative and negativity and stuff. And, I think an outsider could still look at like Dortmund results. Recently, they haven't been as good, but like we did go a long time undefeated. Um, we're doing decent in the Champions League, um, but I think there's there's so many instances where, as you mentioned in this game, like we looked like we finally started playing when we went down, and there's been so many instances of that throughout the whole season that just kind of like patterns our results or where we might be in the table. Um, or buffs that up a bit, you know what I mean? Because like, yeah, the Gladback game is a great example. Um, terrible, two zero down, and then we finally turn it on and we rock them. But like, we we can't if we want to come anywhere near. If we want to like, get in the top four, um, obviously it doesn't look like we want to compete for the title. Uh, but we did see the turnaround last season, second half of the year last year. So who really knows? But it just like that's just not how we can operate if we want to be a serious team because we're not going to be able to come back every time we couldn't this time we almost we had an opportunity to i think it would tie it up was it after the first goal we had the the goal called for offsides which i mean it was pretty clear offsides commentators yeah i don't know why they spent so long on var i'm like as soon as it they showed the replay i was like he was definitely definitely offsides pretty easy to see you don't even have to line him up with a defender like (laughs) right didn't really need to draw many lines on that one um and th- that's unfortunate too, because again, I think. Well, I think didn't was it Stuttgart who had a, a very similar offsides call against us, which was way closer, or maybe that was Gladbach. I can't remember couple, if it was Stuttgart. I know Union Berlin had a few ran or weird calls against us, or against them, just, excuse me, when they were scoring. I don't know if it was that one or not. The true friend. It was the same thing. Like you beat the defenders, it's just very unfortunate to just be that far forward. Like you should. I mean, Your you position, better. And you need to have yeah. better spatial awareness, though, and. Hopefully, JBG can improve with his positioning there. Yeah, and I, I'm not just talking about him because I've seen like this 
this happened to other teams before too. It's just like, come on, come on, as a, come on, as a soccer player, you're a professional soccer player, just get behind, get get behind the damn ball, right? Um, but yeah, that's like we quickly turned it on. We had that opportunity um, and take it away, and then yeah, just it, I don't know. Yeah, we we can't play like that. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna. It's it's gonna catch up to us eventually. And now, um, maybe it's catching up to us. I don't know. I, I just feel like this game was very telling, or this was a, a very good point. One, because we just played Stukart, and it can be hard to play to beat a team twice. Like since we played him very recently, it's like okay, we should know how to correct this. Did he overcorrect? Possibly, but this was just a good opportunity to secure. Obviously, a spot in the Pokal, but I, I think secure our standings and in, in, I don't know, solidify that we are a good team. And now I'm just, I don't know. Yeah, it gives Terzak a little bit more of a safety net too. And I don't, I don't know how Vatska is going to react to this, given he's been just hammering home that unless top four is in danger, he's not going to take action. But that's all speculation. I wanted to go back to the stat. So Gregor Kobol averages 3.6 saves a game in the Bundesliga. He has over 44 saves in just 13 games this season. Again, just in the Bundesliga. But, you know, you don't need to know those stats. If, of course, if you're listening to the show, you know how incredible of a keeper he is and how many great saves he made in this in this Pokal game. A lot of them, again, one-on-ones against Undav or, or Gerasi. And the defense should have just been more... I mean, they should have been set up for success. I mean, the, when we switched to a back three in the second half, I was puzzled. Bec- I, I get the idea of, you know, you have five in the midfield and you can control that better. But at the same time, when you have Chan, who's like our best pure number six, and you pull him out of the center of the park just to put him on the right, and now you have more space to cover um, in front of the back line with people who are not necessarily in their best roles at that. As Chan, I know he's a bit more of like a double pivot kind of player. And sometimes he can be um, shying away from those moments whenever he needs to be that pure number six. Uh, and yeah, you just you just get exposed time and time again, and that and that's just what happened in the second half. It was it was really sad to see, but um, you also just kind of saw it coming. You know, this team just did not. We're, we're never really on the front foot except for those like five minutes, as whenever we scored the um, the offside goal, and then. After that, too, we made a few other attacks, but that was pretty much it. Um, I mean, there was there. This was so long ago in the game now, but Sabitzer had that chance off the bar. That was pretty early. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. that yeah, <laughs> it was a hell of a hit. I do got to give him credit for that. Hell of a hit with his left foot as well. Um, and then I mean, the only other thing from this game is the injuries. Obviously, we touched on Makoko seven out in the twenty fifth minute. We did touch on Wolf. Uh, maybe we touched on Volf. Well, we saw this change at halftime. Volf and Seibitzer both came out. And then um, also Turt told Carver before we were recording that I kind of stopped watching the last 10 minutes of the game because I was at work and people were talking and I knew how the game was going. Did, But I saw reports that Rearson had an injury too, but I didn't see that he subbed off unless I, I missed that. God, I hope not. To be honest with you, I turned it off with about... <laughs> Eight, nine minutes to go. I think it was like the 82nd or something minute. I, I can't remember. Welcome to the BVB podcast where we can make <laughs> shit up. Very, very, very rarely do I turn off games before they end. Uh, Dortmund games, of course, but no, this I, was a game where I was just like, I, there's just no way. There's I, no way. I did see the multiple reports, though. One that like he walked off with crutches or walked down the tunnel with crutches. Uh, they're going to have to do a scan like, when they get back to Dortmund. But 
here it comes. I feel like we've been pretty lucky all season um, with injuries, and now four in one match. We don't know how serious those are because I think the last match we also saw Schlotterbeck come off, um, and he was back in this match, so we don't know how serious they are, but uh, not not looking good. And I, I don't know if we don't need to get into all the Vodka stuff. We've talked about it before. Why not? I mean, I wanted I wanted to bring up the Vatska fullback quote. Yeah, please do. I was going to read it if you weren't. I love because there's just a right off the bat like a blatant lie. <laughs> you, you can you can pull it. Up. I, I, I got it here. Yeah, yeah. I thought I had it pulled up. I don't. I forget where he said this, but this is a direct quote here. So he said this was on December third said, we have at least four fallbacks. We haven't yet had the problem of having to convert an attacking player. Lie. In addition There's to a Rierson, lie right there. In addition to Rierson, Benzabaini, and Marius Wolf, and we also have Nicolas Sule, who can play there. And Thomas Meunier has recovered from his injury. I don't see a personal vacancy for the fullback position. Wow. Vo- so yeah, did- I made a tweet saying, literally on match day one, <laughs> we played Hazard, who was still here at the time at left back. I mean, so he doesn't obviously doesn't remember that or just thinks that part doesn't necessarily matter. But I mean, this whole season so far, I don't I don't get how we can look at our fullbacks and say like this, this is what's this is what's going to take us places. I mean, Rearson is, you're, is you're great. Saying, you're saying Sule is a in this in this quote, technically he's saying Sule is a right back. He's saying he right. can play that role. But so again, it confirms we've talked about like maybe Sule is not playing because he's he has to be like a backup option for right back. And yeah, he he kind of is like he's he's floating in between because um, he is our he's a center back, he's a center back, and he's only our third center back, unless we want to bring some up from someone up from Dortmund too. Um, but and then I mean the lie like did Wolf convert from an attacker to a fullback this season? No, but did he last season? Yes. So <laughs> yeah, maybe he's not lying because we haven't converted anyone this year, but we've definitely done it. His name is Marius Wolf. Yeah. Also, shout out to uh, Papadopoulos, who actually was fantastic in that Leverkusen game when he came on. Speaking of bringing someone up from Dortmund, yeah, too. I was going to say, I know we were a little bit out of order, but we're just going through Stuttgart because it's fresh in our minds here. We can we can touch on Leverkusen as well. But yeah, I just I just don't know what world he's living in. I think it's just pure delusion, really. I mean, the thing with Munier, I just I just don't know what the deal is with him right now. I'm well, actually right now the whole this whole stint at Dortmund. I have no idea what we're trying to do with Munier. I'm not going to go over the, you know, the past two years, but just the last like what year, year and a half, he's played very, very little football. Whenever he has played this calendar year, it's, it's been for the second team, even in the summer tour, he only got like a half here and there or like say, less I don't than 10 minutes playing. His I last com- this was his first appearance. His last competitive game with Dortmund was back in March against Cone. And that was the six, one win. Um, at home, but or I don't know. I don't know if that was at home. Now I could be misremembering. But either way, um, I mean, Munier when he did come on, he already showed how much of a better crosser he is than Wolf, and he improved a shit ton about on that with his second year here. Which you know, because if anyone remembers his first year, I mean, literally everything about him was shit. His defending, his decision making, his positioning, his crossing, his overall skill on the ball, everything was was very very bad. Um, but the second second year, I think he turned a lot of it around, and I think he showed his quality with those crosses here. And if he is fit, you know, he's back in the squad. He's been on the bench for 
since late October, he's been on the bench. So it seems like he can play. That's crazy. I don't know yeah. why he wouldn't play this game, given how much better he already is than Wolf in just those like eight, nine minutes against Leverkusen. Because Wolf was pretty atrocious this game. That, I didn't know he's, I didn't realize he's been on the bench since October. Um, I have noticed like Murray has been on the bench too. Yeah. And like, are we going to see him? I doubt it when it comes to what like we think Terzic is or player profile because Murray's tiny. He's like five, six. Um, so I, I doubt that, but I don't know. Um, it's just, it's bizarre. Rearson can't do everything, man. And this was a game where I was Not really disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I was really disappointed. This is like arguably the most, well, I mean, he's had other disappointing moments this season, but this was a pretty standout game. Ben Zabani, I mean, uh, him getting a yellow card early on. And I just felt he was pretty invisible too. And I feel like maybe some of that also comes down to coaching given just because he was playing more of a wing back and just those were just pinned against the sides and we couldn't even advance the ball up the field anyway. So you never saw players like him on the ball, but either way, some serious investment needs to be in this, in that fullback department and in general the fucking back line i mean again listeners know this jake you and i know this we've been saying this since march i lived in a whole last another apartment on the other side of town <laughs> that we've been saying this that we need more players in the back line across the board center backs right back left back and if rearson's going to be that player that is going to be arguably our left back we need a solid right back it's and, and it's not just those that position either. I mean, this is like a fundamentally, at the moment, broken club. I mean, even if we do get rid of Terzic, which I kind of think is, you know, called the question, in my opinion, I knocked out of the Pokal. I mean, that seems like a pretty, this early. And we are definitely on Rosa for that same sort of thing. And he made it further. Of course, this was like a tougher game. But it's we just not looked good, at least for more than a few days all season now. But if Terzic leaves, you know, it's not just as easy or as simple as replacing him with another coach. I mean, at the structure above him with Vatska and, and the in the toxic atmosphere from what we've been reading um, is, is just is a lot more seeped in and baked into the club than I think a lot of people realize. And that, you know, just even the other day with Slevin Stanek, who is Sebastian Kale's assistant, and he's the sporting coordinator and he was fired. I mean, um, I don't know too much on that. I don't want to speak too much on that, but. There's just what I'm getting at is oh, got so mad I choke slammed my microphone. <laughs> the, the the problems of this club are are way up at the top, and and it comes with like a lot of the structure, and it's not going to just be as easy as replacing one player or one manager. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I want to touch on the Slavin Standish stuff just a little bit. Again, I don't know a ton before we start recording. I to- told Carver like I haven't even heard the- heard this name uh, until. I heard that he was going to be fired. So just for any other listeners who might be out of the loop, like there's some really good um, Dortmund, not official Dortmund, but like news blog, uh, Twitter accounts that have all the info, which I'm going to read from uh, BVB news blog. Uh, but there were reports that uh, Stanich was going to get fired. Who's yeah. Like you said, the assistant sporting uh, uh, Kale's assistant. Uh, so it works in the like sporting director uh, department. If I don't know if that's yeah, the right, right way yep. to say it, but yep. uh, so quote from BVB news blog um, in Dortmund, uh, it said that uh, Slavin Stanich's ideas and thoughts do not suit Borussia Dortmund, and should he be sacked, it would be temporary ends to the past few months in which the quote BVB family has been 
at loggerheads more often than was known from previous years. There's also reports of like he's kind of openly criticized Terzic and um, like just this on top of kind of the reports. And again, we when it comes down to um, oh, there you are. Okay, I was trying to get back to my <laughs> my webcam where I could see you because I was on the on Twitter and everything. anyways, they can't see that. No one listening knows what was happening. It's panicking for a second. I know, like the last couple weeks, especially in with la- last few days when this was coming out th- that he was going to get fired. There's just been rumors or talk of discourse between Vatska and Terzic, and almost like there's two factions in this in the Dortmund family, Dortmund staffing and everything. And like you have Vatska, the board, along with Terzic, backing Terzic. And then you have Kel and his crew, Stanich falls into this, uh, who are kind of just at odds fighting against each other. Now there's been quotes after Stanich has been fired, by the way, there's been quotes from Kel. He's been asked like, like what's going on here? Like you lost your assistant, whatever. And he, he's like the, the thought, the idea of this, like us butting heads is false. Because if we would have had a problem, we'd sit down, talk about it, and maybe mutually part ways. You kind of have reports of Stanich parting ways, like it was a mutual parting of the ways. So it's like maybe that what happened, and no one's going to be crystal clear with everything that happened. That's the problem with these rumors when it comes to the board and everything. Because all we can see is Terzic on the sideline coaching. That's all we really have access to. Kel is also often um, on the bench down there too. Um and so it's just hard to know what's really going on. And that's like, I mean, that's fine, I guess. But it does seem like when or there's smoke, there's fire, right? When you see these rumors constantly, now we 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 hear these rumors and Sandwich is fired or they mutually part ways. And then when it it what what really sticks out to me is like what we've kind of seen this season with with Chance speaking out, with Coble speaking out. It seems like this discourse is trickling down. And that's what we're seeing on the pitch. Just this kind of no there's no togetherness not necessarily from the players i feel like the players do like care and they're trying i just feel like there's a lack of game plan or or i don't know but all i'm saying is like there's a lot of talk we don't really know what's going on all we see is what we see but it seems it makes sense right it makes sense like the trickle down effect seems like it's it all makes sense so i'm not surprised by anything <laughs> Yeah, it just make it saddens me that you know this is going to be such a long grind to get back to where we want to be, and it's it's not as simple as just plugging in a player in a in a certain role or getting rid of Terzic, but and and even then I, we don't know if Terzic is going to be gone to begin with too, right? I mean we we know that he has a lot of power at this club, and from what we've heard of, from direct quotes over the past few months of Vatska, you know, giving him a lot of power and. Um, and then more of the behind the scenes stuff of you're hearing more of, um, you know, Terzek having more of a, a hand in the hand in the cookie jar for these transfer, um, these transfer roles and, and cares, excuse me, Kale not having much more of like a say for, you know, who we're getting and, and Terzek having the veto power. But regardless, it's, it's just, it's just sad. Um, is there anything you wanted to touch on for the Leverkusen game at all before we, Talk about a few other things, or was it a, a good result, or was it lucky? Was it a g- good performance, I should say, or was it a lucky performance? Well, it was definitely an. I mean, 
we did good, not play it was well a good result all. i would say it was a good result yeah um, it wasn't a great result and it could have been better too if yeah. full krug had a pretty you know it's a it's a header and obviously it's very difficult to do but he's at an elite level and that's kind of like full krug's thing of being at the end of those headers so I, you, you could argue he could have finished that one and then we would have been walking away with all three points and handing Leverkusen's first defeat uh, for the season for them in all comps. But yeah, very, very, another very disappointing performance at the weekend against them. I mean, the XG, they Leverkusen had over two and we had under one. This is also the now against Stuttgart's second game in a row where Dortmund have not been able to produce one for XG. Uh, the possession against Leverkusen, we had only 31% all game, all 90 minutes. Um, I understand that you know, the smash and grab mindset Terzak had for this game. And I, you know, I mentioned last week that he's, you know, pretty decent at this sort of thing of tackling the game that's in front of him. But uh, we just, I mean, we sit way too deep. I don't know if this is, again, sacrificing so many of the values of the of the club and the philosophy of how we try to play football. It's just, it's very different and ugly to watch um, under Terzak right now, this kind of football. And, and, the biggest problem with the ugly but successful football is whenever it is not successful, it's that much more difficult and painful to look at the results because even whenever you are getting the wins, the performances don't look much different. I mean, even the Lever- again, like this Leverkusen Stuttgart game, you had a one could argue a good result because you walked away with a point and then you come away getting knocked out of the Pokal in December, but the performance is very similar, very similar. Even, even games where we won, like against Cone in the in opening game, of the season we're at home they played through us and and you know uh yeah played through us pretty much all 90 minutes and we had a 90th minute goal from Malin off a corner if i'm not wrong so again it just it looks that much worse whenever you are not getting the results because either way the performances are very very ugly and painful to watch yeah if anyone came out of the leverkusen match thinking like that was a good performance I'll honestly say, like, I I agree. That's how I left that match feeling. But I think it's only because we scored, right? Well, like, because we scored early. So the rest of the match, we're just holding on, holding on. And to only lead. conceded one against a team with, yeah, you know, that has scored so many goals at home and barely conceded any as well. I think they, I think I said last week, they've only conceded six goals at home all season. Yeah. But I don't think if we score in the first five minutes, I probably wouldn't feel that way. You know what I mean? But because we did, it makes, in, to give to give away a lead to the best team at home, like on the road, that's not bad. So like, yeah, the performance wasn't great when you look at it, but it kind of felt good in the moment, I thought, just because of how the, the match played out. And we did have a result or a chance at the end. Um, the XG and at halftime, I know like their XG was 2.5, I think, at the end of the match. But like at half, we held them to 0.54, I think, like, and our XG was really about the same. So at halftime, like I was like, cool, let's just keep hanging on. They had how many corners? They had like 16 corners or something crazy too. Like they did have 16 corners and we had one. One. Crazy. Um, but also big shout out to Papadopoulos, the man with the best hair in all of Germany. Um, and stepped up. Uh he's he's a guy who's like been on the far peripheral of Dortmund. He always gets it in in preseason, always gets his chance to crack in. And then just sticks out the season in, in Borussia Dortmund too. But I mean, he came in, Schlotterbeck was out, and he was our uh, our backup uh, center back depth because again, Sule was sick. This one, if I'm yes, yeah, correct, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, but he, man, he, he had a, he had a great match. He, yeah, he did not disappoint when he came on. Another example too, of the back line being pretty paper thin. I mean, you didn't have to bring in an attacker for this game, but you did have to bring to some, uh, someone that's from uh, the full time as the second team. Um, so Papadopoulos had, well, completed nine out of his 10 passes in the less than 30 minutes that he got. He had three clearances, four recoveries. He won four out of his five duels, too. It, I think that's yeah. probably the biggest He, he just went uh, number in, like, there. He was just going in on tackles. And he was stuff, very confident right? in those tackles, too, yeah. even though some of them were risky. Like, he, he pulled them off well, you know? Yeah. Um, and kind of what we needed, too, right? Like, we needed that right. just grit um, to, to hang on. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, that's all kind of from this match. Like, I, again, a little bit out of order. But when it... it we, we always... We usually come... Because we've been playing so many matches, like, it's... It's hard for Carver and I to like come on after every single match. Uh, so we always try to recap two matches. But when it's kind of these results where it's like uh, back and forth, yeah, it's it's just easier to come. I mean, very, again, very similar performances. I think they were both very lackluster and we're lucky that we got a point out of both of them, really. Yeah, um, but we can move on to everyone's favorite topic. Transfer news. It's kind of clickbaity. It's not 100% transfer news, but we got a few weeks till January where hopefully we just sign so many people and don't let anyone go. <laughs> but if you, I'll let you lead, lead into it. <laughs> yeah, one can pray that can happen. But So the two rumors that we've been seeing recently, let's start with Marius Wolf, who we talked a little bit about already. So we have Florian Plettenberg, who is a reporter at Sky Sports News. He reported that Dortmund are not planning on extended Marius Wolf's contract at the end of the summer. A transfer in the winter is unlikely, but uh, however, Wolf is open-minded for the option to move to Qatar or Saudi Arabia in the summer. So, I'm, maybe we, uh, yeah, if the if we can get him out in the winter, we can obviously make some money off him. But either way, we need to be thinking ahead of having a right back here um, as a backup, not necessarily like for Wolf, but just ready to go either in the winter or the summer, so we can work on our squad building because it's been very disappointing for the past like year now. Yeah. And I mean, Wolf going doesn't surprise me also doesn't, I'm like, cool. I'm not going to be hurt if he goes, I like, there's something about Wolf. I've always liked, um, not necessarily because he's such a great player. Just, I don't know. He seems like a cool personality and he has given us some fun moments. Um, some really cool, good moments. Uh, last season, like he did have some really good performances at right back. Some good goals too. Mm-hmm. You can get a wolf banger every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I like him as a person, uh, but I'm not like stuck on him as a player. So like to see him go, he's almost like, I, I, I don't know if he's like, if cult hero is the right word, because I don't know if he's done anything super heroic, but uh, just one of those characters that I do enjoy. We'll be sad to see him go as a character, but as a player, it's like, okay. And if he goes and gets a, I, I, I wouldn't want him to go to like Saudi. I understand if he just wants to go get some money because he could probably be a good attacker over there. Um, or right yeah, next. He can play wherever. <laughs> I was thinking about that as well. He he would be a good attacker over there. Uh, yeah, of course, he's, he's someone who lives and breathes the club too. So I think it could be easy for people to like him more. And and we've been fans of him too. It's not like he's done anything that I'm currently aware of uh, that's been anything like problematic or anything like that. I mean, but, if he has a bad game at right back, I'm like, okay, you're not really a right back. So I'm not too <laughs> mad about it. 
yeah, we just, it's just like Guerrero. We just consistently keep putting players like that there because we have no other options. We continue to neglect the left back and right back role for okay. years now. But since, okay, pause. Since you brought up Guerrero, I saw a photo of him on Twitter a few days ago. And I was just like, oh, yeah, completely he forgot exists. he existed because he's not doing anything. <laughs> Is he still injured? Is he out? Uh, he, just, he just got his first start. I forget where, but it was just like last week. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that's why that's probably why I saw the photo, but I was just like, oh man, completely forgot about him. So we'll obviously keep listeners updated once we know more about Wolf's situation in the coming months or weeks if we hear anything. And then the other thing was Dunya Maland is now open for a new challenge in the winter or summer as he's totally not happy with the situation at Dortmund. His new agency is also sounding the market. Dortmund are open to let him go for about thirty to thirty-five million euros. And that was reported again by, oh, excuse me, also by Patrick Berger at Sky Sport. I might have um, confused the two. And this is just more recently. And this is, of course, Beald. So take this one that definitely a grain of salt. But I can see how a rumor like this could kind of start to sizzle a bit. It's that Dortmund is planning a spectacular swap this winter with apparently Manchester United are reportedly interested in Daniel Malin. And of course, with the rumors brewing with Sancho over the fall, there could maybe be a potential swap between the two, given... Ten Hag is obviously Dutch. Mullen's got experience in the Dutch league. He's also Dutch. He's an attacker that maybe could help Dortmund a bit more. And they're, of course, looking to offload Sancho as well. And he could be a player that could return turn to form here. But, I mean, who knows? That's a whole nother conversation. But, uh, yeah, interesting stuff from Mullen. I mean, we thought maybe he was going to have a bit more of like a longer future here because he showed a lot of quality in the spring. But that's unfortunately has not really translated at least consistently um, for this fall so far. So maybe we are looking in the market to offload them. Who knows? I, I, I had seen some, uh, I can't even call them reports because I just, I feel like I heard or saw something very vague, like that there is maybe some interest Premier League clubs might be looking at him. Um, but I, again, I don't remember specifics menu. When you said menu, that was kind of the first I'd seen that. And I haven't seen too much about it. So, um, I would be, I would be as just, I do watch a lot of premier league and just the, if you, I don't want to see him go to man United because I like Mullen and I want, I want something a little better for him. I want something a little more stable. Um, and, but I also get like, is that why he's, he maybe wants out because the discourse and things haven't been working out great. And I don't really necessarily put the blame on him. Um, I don't know. Maybe just do I just like players too much? I like Wolf. I like Mullen. I don't want to see him go. Um, and maybe it's it's because like his success was a little short lived. Like he had that great run at the end of last season, um, and that's what hooked me. I don't know, but like I, because I, I think we we're both very critical of him at the end of, or at the beginning of last year too, right? Uh, but now I'm like, oh, I like Mullen. I don't want to see him go. I definitely don't want to see him go to Man United because I don't like them at all. Um, but yeah, I I would get, I guess I get if he wants to leave. Um, the 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 if the quote is like he wants a new challenge, it's like okay, well you got to maybe prove yourself a little more here because you haven't been able to hit that. And is is that because all the problems at the club? Who really knows? Um, what I, I do want to know your thoughts on on Sancho because um, for any like newish newer listeners, uh, I am like I'm a newish newish. Dortmund fan like it's been a few years for me so I did see it. Sancho was I did see a lot of Sancho but probably not as much as you 
And I remember, I'll forever remember the text when uh, you told me or sent me a photo. There's a photo of, of Sancho like holding on the crest and you're like, he's not leaving. And I'm like, man, he, no, he's, he is leaving. I just, they're like, they basically announced that he signed and he's gone. Um, and I, I just always have this weird feeling about players going back to clubs. It's like, it, I never, it's never going to be as good as it was. Um, and I, I'm just curious, like your take on, on the potential return of Sancho. I know Dortmund fans like would be so hyped for it. I'd be hyped. Like I would be hyped if he came back and like, you never know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm just more hesitant when it's like a player returning to a club. Just don't always see it panning out. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And I can understand why it being tough for fans to not look at this with rose tinted glasses, you know, given the history that Sancho had at this club, whenever he was here, right. I mean, he had double figures and both goal contributions two years in a row, first year being under, well, not his first year here, but the first year he had double digits in both goals and assists. It was before Holland, so it wasn't just sitting him, setting him up to a uh, score. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I am skeptical. I'm a little hesitant as well, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't know if. I mean, of course, just from a just from a football perspective, we don't know if Sancho is gonna be back to the form he ever was with us. Maybe he will pick up some form. Maybe he will have moments. Maybe he'll be a decent player. But will he be that player again? I don't know. He has not played a lot of football in the past few months. He, he's also been, remember, I don't know if people have read this. He's been like locked out of the training facilities, at, at least with the first team at United. So it's not like he's even, not only is he not playing first team football, he's not even with the team. He's not even training with them. So either it's individual training or with sometimes like maybe their second team, you know, the youth academy. I don't know. But either way, he's not with them. So he's not in that environment. And I think when you're out of that environment for such a long time, especially, you know, with maybe I don't know if the staff isn't necessarily wanting to work with him either. He's not getting the right kind of attention, even though that's it seems like that's what he what he's been wanting is just you know attention. But so I don't know if that form is ever going to return. Strictly again from a sporting perspective, and on top of that, I don't know if his professionalism is going to improve much either. It's not like I'm not saying he was near as. Uh, I guess problematic for lack of a better term uh, whenever he was at Dortmund um, compared to how he is now. But remember he did have moments. I mean, he had a, like whenever the lockdown was first happening in COVID and, you know, we don't know, we didn't know much about the virus at the time. And, and you know, if, if one player gets it, then the team can be compromised. And remember he had like a party. I don't exactly remember when the date of that party was, but there was some action taken against him with the club. Um, and he's had other moments too of just like lacking that kind of um, maturity. And of course, it's been years now, so he has matured and he did mature here at Dortmund, but it looked like maybe just things pan- didn't pan out at United. I, d- I don't know, but I'm just skeptical. I-, I think it's like a lot of baggage we're getting. And of course, we want to see the return of such a great young player and someone who you know worked really hard and um, had a- so many terrific moments too. And was a- it was a fantastic attacker for the team. But I, I don't know. It just it just seems all a little too good to be true if that all were to even happen to begin with. Yeah, I think in a moment to where I guess a player coming back, um, this is a more unique moment or a, a unique opportunity because I think it can be like a player goes, moves away, goes to maybe a couple clubs and then like uh, comes back later. But like this this one where like 
he left like he was just at Dorman, right? He he went to Man United and things just like catastrophically collapsed. And so it's like you're almost coming back for redemption, not necessarily to like to relive or right. It could um like it could if this is like a safe space for him, like it could spark something or reignite something and help him like get back on his feet per se. And maybe it is like you come back and you play with Dortmund too, and, and to get up and running again. Who who knows? But I think it is more of a unique opportunity than just like the standard like oh a player coming back to his club where he was a legend, um, and he is still like so young too. So like there's still room to to develop and and push on and, and yeah. be a good player still got a lot of years ahead of him uh, but that's yeah, if he could. wants to do something about it too you know of course like you yeah. said he does have a lot of years ahead of him but at the same time a professional career can be so so much shorter than people realize and whenever you kind of piss it away it can just it can just you know nosedive that much faster so he really needs to I mean hit the ground running in the sense if he were to come here of, of completely trying to wipe his mind clean and just keep his nose clean and, you know, give everything he can for the team. Yeah, it'll be, yeah, I, I don't know. Interesting, I guess. I, I, there's been, these rumors have been floating around for a while and who knows if it's going to happen yeah. or even come close. But all, all of that talk for just for, a, a, again, a build um, no, report. No, I mean, it's, I, I think it's, I'm like I said, I was curious to hear your thought. I'm sure other people are too. Um, and we know, we, like, we got new people listening all the time, so. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, the report does make sense, even though it's very low tier and haven't heard anything oh, outside yeah, it, of that. Really, it it just it just makes sense. It is very low hanging fruit. Like, oh man, you might be interested in Mullen. How about a little swapsy deal we got right, going right. on? Like, you see that that crap all the time in, in transfer rumors. So, also, what, what are United scouts right now? I mean, before this, if if you didn't see, they were looking at Timo Werner just last week. And what the hell are they trying to get right now? On everything, <laughs> and then they're going to get screwed by financial fair play, right? Oh, As they should. That I was about to say, this is not a Man United podcast, this is, but it it would be kind of fun to just rant and rave about random shit in the <laughs> football sphere sometimes. <laughs> Get a good laugh in every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, you want to talk about our old coach and our next matchup? Um, yeah, real real quick preview for Leipzig before we get out of here against Marco Rosa and RB Leipzig, who sit in fourth this, this what do you mean? Today, excuse me, they they sit in fourth <laughs> as of now. Um, one point above are, us. What's that? One one point above us. We're on twenty five points. I think they have twenty six, so we're in fifth or in fourth. Correct. And if we do not get a result at home, mind you, this weekend, even if it's just a draw, I mean that's still going to just either make the gap longer or, or larger, excuse me, or still remain in fourth. Which I, you know, if we're strictly talking about having the top four in danger. I mean, Vodka has to. I know he's delusional. Don't get me wrong, but like, <laughs> you got to look at that table and be like, okay, by my own words, this this would be. We're we're going to the second half of the season now, and we're trying to break top four against teams that we should be performing better than. Not necessarily like Leverkusen or Munich, but like we should be. And I'm I'm not trying to take too much credit away from Stuttgart, but like we should be right there with them. Yeah, like they're obviously a good team this year, but the. Again, like we were so close to winning the title last year, and you would think the goal is to win the freaking title, and so we should be beating everybody. We should be, especially like in a normal, quote unquote, normal year, where I'm like, when we're not competing for the title. Uh, but again, the goal is top four. Like we need to be beating these teams. We need to be beating Leipzig because they're ahead of us right now. We need to prove 
that we are a, a top team in in the Bundesliga. And yeah, I don't know. It's this this game again. Like I said, the Stuttgart game told a lot. Like this game, and even the the PSG game coming up. I know we're sitting pretty good in the Champions League, but Leipzig on Saturday, PSG on Wednesday. I think these next two games are going to be very telling. Um, if I don't, I'm definitely like I don't want us to lose. That's for sure. Like I want us, I want things to go well. But I'm like, I'm kind of intrigued. Like if we lose, I'm, I just want to see what happens. I wish I had a crystal ball and see like. What if we lose these next two matches? W- will that shake things up? You know what I mean? Like because things seem so m- messy. I'm like, I just want to know. I just want to know what will happen if if things start to fall apart a little more. Not that I want the team to fall apart. I just want to know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of. There's more questions than answers right now. I'll say that. And that's why I want the questions to be asked. That's what I want. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, yeah, Leipzig, um, Saturday, 1230 Eastern Time, PSG next Wednesday, 3 o'clock Eastern Time, uh, ESPN Plus and Paramount Plus. I don't know if I haven't checked if if Saturday, this might be, I guess it's Top Spiel, uh, Bundesliga match because it's got the 1130 Central uh, time slot. So I don't know if this one is on big ESPN or ABC possibly. ESPN and it's also on ABC. Yeah, correct. Wow. I just guessed. Look at that. Amazing. You nailed it. Awesome. So yeah, that'll be fun. We'll we'll see what happens. Do you have any week. any oh, predictions? Predictions? I'm skipping. Yeah, let's lose three zero and then let's ask right. all the questions. Uh, <laughs> I I'm gonna predict like something crazy, like Gladback. Like I think we go down one zero, and then we come back and win big. And then Terzic and the board will be like, "See, everything's fine. yeah, everything's fine. Emory We're Chan, fine. I'm right back. It's all fine. <laughs> or Salio Chan, right back. See, we have fullbacks." <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> Did I tell you Matu Murray is on the bench? <laughs> Honestly, I would love to see him, yeah, me too. him play just because. Just because. I did see him uh, a couple matches ago. Like I saw him warming up on the sideline. I was like, what? where Where did he come from? <laughs> was he in the stands? Did <laughs> they just bring him down here like just c- for fun? What's going on? That That was... Okay. We won't get into it too much, but that has been... He's been posting a lot. And I know I feel like he did this last year and then got injured again, but we've been seeing a lot he of did, like, yeah. even photos of him from the BVB main account. And then he's been tweeting a lot. And it's I'm like, what's going on? Is he actually going to play? Probably not. But I like the thought of maybe. <laughs> Anyways, that's all. Who knows? Uh, I'm going to go. I know we're at home and I know I've been a grumpy old pessimist recently, but I'm going to go with a two, two draw. I think we also go down early, maybe even by two. And then we claw the game back to make it two, two and, and we can't finish it off. And I don't know where we go from there, to be honest with you. We're going to have to, I guess, wait Rosa to see. spits on our face again. Yeah. And we'll have champions. I mean, you, I imagine most people will kind of, you know, have a good idea of what Leipzig will look like given uh, obviously we've had Rosa as a coach and they're going to be playing pretty narrow and try to, Attack the center. I'm, imagine, I'm hoping we can maybe do a bit more better at, at controlling the midfield here and have a bit more stability in our defense. I really hope we can have some be a bit more idealistic in our build-up play as well. Because Leipzig, you know, they they tore us up at, at home. That was the four-one at home. Yeah, that's uh, God. That that was a long time ago. And no, that was whenever Rosa was coaching us, and that's whenever they had Tedesco. Excuse me. I'm not. I'm not saying that'll happen again, but I'm just I'm just hoping we can turn things around and and, and 
again, absorb pressure better and um, deal with their press because I imagine it's going to be pretty high and, and intense and they're going to be doing some man marking, I would imagine. And we could just have some sort of response to that, a reaction and you have a good job of you know combating that. Do we have possession this game? We have possession this game? Will we? God, I hope so. At home? Jesus Christ. I know, I know Stuttgart and Leverkusen are good and that's why we didn't have close to even like 40% possession, but like there's no way we get ripped that bad at home. <laughs> we both just look at each other. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of scared. Yeah, me too. <laughs> all right. That's probably it, right? Yep, that's all. <laughs> that's all. Okay. Well, it's been fun. It's been fun. Hope everyone had a fun. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We really do appreciate all you hanging out with us and hopefully you can get a little bit out of this, you know, hearing and get to rant to other people as well and vent because I think a lot of people need it right now. Yeah. Hopefully we don't come off too ranty and venty and, but I, Hey, if you're still listening, that's fine. That's kind of warranted for episodes like this. So, you know, yep. all right. We appreciate you guys listening. We will see you later.